To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this fourth Sunday in Lent is the gospel for today. You heard it read before from Luke chapter 15. I recall just these words. While he was still at a distance, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. He ran to his son, put his arms around him and kissed him. My son was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but has been found. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who completed his rescue mission by going all the way to the cross for you and for me, my beloved. The prodigal son, perhaps you know it as a parable. Translation before us this morning calls it an illustration. Somebody once calls uh, Jesus' parables earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. The prodigal son, so oftentimes that word is misunderstood. A lot of times uh, we think it means the wayward son or the son who ran away, the runaway son. Actually, the word prodigal means lavish or extravagant because when the son went away, he was lavishly wasteful, extravagantly wasteful with what his father gave him. Some of you know the name Max Lucado, writes devotional booklets. A speaker for the Lord Jesus Christ, he once wrote a devotional entitled The Prodigal God because God is extravagant and lavish in his mercy and grace to us. The story is familiar. You've heard it before. Seems to be a fairly wealthy man, had two sons. His younger son, before the father died, said, I want some of your property. Actually, he was saying, I want my inheritance. You know what he was really saying? I wish you were dead. But as long as you're not, give it to me now. No argument from the father. He gave his son a third of his assets. The kid goes out, turns it all into cash, goes running off to a faraway country, blows it all there on a reckless lifestyle, found himself with nothing to eat and now he's starving. He makes a a decision to return to his father. And the father takes him back. Scoundrel as he was, the father says, He was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but he is found. Let's celebrate. Now, to truly, really understand what Jesus was trying to illustrate in this parable, you have to understand that what's taking place here is three godly activities. 
forgiveness, repentance, and reconciliation. I'll say it again. What's taking place here in Jesus' illustration is repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation. So let's dissect these godly activities one by one to fully bring out Jesus' beautiful illustration. Forgiveness. Jesus tells us to say, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us or sin against us. Forgiveness. Someone has hurt or harmed you deeply either emotionally or financially or physically. And be it known that forgiveness is not overlooking or forgetting. Forgiveness is relinquishing the desire for revenge, the desire to get even, the desire to pay back, the desire to even be angry, and in your heart to finally wish the person who hurt you well. Obviously, the ultimate act of forgiveness is shown to us by our gracious God. No excuse for your sin. He did not excuse your gossip. He did not excuse your worry, your doubt, your dissatisfaction. He does not excuse your grumbling and your complaining. He does not uh, excuse not keeping him as number one love of your life. He does not excuse your lack of compassion for those in need. But he did away with his anger and his desire to throw you into hell. Sin has to be punished. So he sent his son to the gallows of the cross for you. With anger, for sin removed by punishing the wrong guy, he loves you once again. That's forgiveness. And only by knowing that kind of godly forgiveness do you have any possibility whatsoever of being able to forgive somebody else. Now, forgiveness can be granted without the person who hurt you ever confessing or repenting that they did so. Some people who have hurt us, we may never ever see again in our lifetime. Forgiveness was even given by God to Adam and Eve. And they didn't repent, they just tried to blame somebody else. Forgiveness is not dependent upon the repentance of the person who hurt you. And only by knowing of God's forgiveness for you can you forgive others. That's forgiveness. Now let's take a look at repentance. Repentance is not to be equated with remorse. You do something wrong, you regret the fact that you messed up, Or that you hurt somebody else and it ends there, bad things happen, just ends there. Like Judas, 
whole lot of remorse, no repentance. Repentance is the recognition of the hurt or the harm that you did to somebody. And then confessing it to God with deep sorrow what you did. A desire to change your ways. A desire for forgiveness. That's why in our Lutheran churches, virtually every time we start our services, we always start out with confessing our sins, seeking forgiveness, and receiving absolution or a declaration of forgiveness. Now let's talk about the third godly activity that Jesus expresses in his illustration, and that's reconciliation. St. Paul talks about it in the epistle. I like the other translation better in the King James. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Now, reconciliation is not to be confused with conflict resolution. Example of conflict resolution. Church wants to install new carpeting. Some people on the committee say, let's put in red carpeting and beautiful Savior. Some other people on the committee said, no, we want green. And there's a conflict. But you get conflict resolution by compromise, and everybody is agreed that therefore we will have gold carpeting. And the conflict is resolved, and everything's okay. Reconciliation has to do with broken relationships. You disagree on the color of the carpet in the church, and then there is personal anger, and harsh words are spoken, and you refuse to speak to one another, and you harbor animosity and hold grudges. Reconciliation necessitates both forgiveness and repentance. Now, as I said before, you can grant forgiveness to somebody else without their repentance. But for reconciliation to take place, two parties have together get together with both repentance and forgiveness. But here's where God comes in. It was a one-sided job. Jesus took the initiative all on his own to reconcile the world to himself. He took away his anger. He forgave. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to move our hardened hearts to repentance so that God and sinners could be reconciled, be at one with one another once again. Reconciliation restores a broken relationship by addressing the personal issues of the conflict. The issues are recognized through confession and forgiveness. Remember the story of Esau and Jacob in the Bible and how Esau or Jacob supposedly stole his birthright? And then he ran away because his brother Esau wanted to kill him? And they were separated for 21 years. Jacob came back and he was afraid that his brother was going to kill him. It's not what happened. Then Esau ran to meet Jacob. Esau hugged him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. They both cried. Reconciliation. Joseph and his brothers. Remember how they sold, the brothers sold Joseph into slavery in Egypt? 
now through God's grace, after again about 21 years, God saw to it that uh, Joseph rose to second in command of all of uh, Egypt. Brothers had to come down there for food. Joseph saw his brothers. I am Joseph, the brother you sold into slavery in Egypt. Now don't be sad or angry with yourselves that you sold me. It wasn't you who sent me here, but God. Reconciliation, and they cried. Peter and Jesus. I don't know the guy. I told you I don't know the guy. Denies his Lord. Jesus died and rose again. And after his resurrection, he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you really love me? Then feed my sheep reconciliation. The prodigal son and the father. Reconciliation. You and me. This Lenten season. God is the one whom we hurt. But he takes the initiative to forgive. He broke his relationship with his own son so that he might have a relationship with us. He hated his son so that he could love us. Back to the parable. Three godly activities. While he was still at a distance, he saw him and felt sorry for him. You know what I always think about? If the father saw him in a distance, he probably went out every day after the son left him and surveyed the horizon to see, maybe he's coming back today. Maybe he's coming back today. While he was still at a distance, he saw him, felt sorry for him, forgiveness. Father, I have sinned. Repentance. He ran to his son, put his arms around him, and kissed him. Reconciliation. Every Sunday, after the announcements... We always go around shaking hands with one another, greeting others. Peace of the Lord. Peace of the Lord be with you. Be reminded once again that when we do this, that's not just another nice way of saying good morning. Peace of the Lord be with you. A handshake or a hug. We're saying nothing stands between us. No animosity, no anger. I wish you well. Repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation. And that's real peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds Through faith in Christ Jesus, we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.